From an undisclosed location high in the Hollywood Hills, it's time once again for the long shot. Tonight, Steve Jobs. Sound effects. Airplane arms and more sound effects. And now, please welcome the host of the long shot, Sean Connery. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Long Shot Podcast. My name is Sean Conroy. I'm your host. Let's see where this one goes. With me today on the show, Amber Kenny is here. Hola. Joe Wagner. Bonjour. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Jamie Flam. I told you it was, was going to be great. G'day, mate. Oh, that's good. That's good. And welcome uh, to the Jamboree. And Sean Conroy. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Guten Tag. <laughs> I, it had to be one of the Axis powers. <laughs> uh, all right. Hold well, on. Uh-oh. What are you doing? I thought you were going to up Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie was adjusting himself in his chair. Andrew, our producer, was just happy to report to us that there has been an up Chuck in our listenership recently. <laughs> He said there's prescription been a, there's been a bit of an upchuck. <laughs> and of course he meant he meant uptick, but you know. But we the, the tests are in and long shot helps settle stomachs. <laughs> so. so if you're having stomach issues sued with all these claims. If you're, if you're having stomach issues, you know, feel free to use the long shot podcast. Uh if you're going through anything. If you're going through anything, physical or mental. Or spiritual. Hmm. Uh, so we wanted to talk today about jobs. We've talked about it before, but, you know, what What are we... I think you did a great job with that company. What? Apple. Steve Jobs. He took it to the next level. He said, how can we make home computing uh, next level? And here we are. Right. I've got my iPhone here. I see a couple others. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, raise your hand if you have an iPhone or some sort of Apple device in this room. Everyone put your hand in the air. I see one hand in the air. I see two. Do I see three? I see three. Sean, you don't. Do you have like a Zoom? A Zoom? Do you have a Zoom phone? <laughs> raise your hand if you have a Zoom phone. All right, so- I like when you're doing crowd work with us. So we're gonna, uh, oh my god, I can't drink when we're going to talk stuff about happens. jobs in some way or another. So either jobs you've had, jobs you want, jobs you would be doing if you weren't doing comedy, or jobs you, you do- definitely don't want. Do- definitely don't want. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren don't want. Um, or dolphin. Yeah, nothing is happening. Uh, well, I told you guys how I was a cab driver in my hometown once, right? No, but why aren't your arms spread out? Because I don't know what you guys are doing. I like, don't either. We just Amber was yeah. making the point that no one was talking after I set that all up. And then it turned out into a physical sculpture between the three of you. <laughs> I should be in my sick bed right now. Yeah. Why is this happening? You wanted to do that extra episode. Yes. That blame was it so on me. Fun. I want to do more physical. I want to go to a farmer's Blame market. it on Rio. I want to watch Beyonce. Lemonade. Okay, can I tell you about jobs? I'll start. Goes a little something like this. One, I would never want to be a Lyft driver. I hate driving so much. This is a very common Oh, I have a good Lyft story. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that was just that point. So do you want to tell the Lyft story before I go yes, to my next point? Yes. So after we did 
our show here. No, we recorded last week with Will and Dave. Right. I took a lift up to uh, wherever I was going. I don't remember where. Maybe I was going home or birds or whatever. But I took a lift and the guy, first of all, he picks me up in front of the improv. And he goes, who owns this place? He's like an older guy. He goes, who owns this place? And I go, um, I think Bud Friedman, maybe. And he goes, ah, ah, ah. Hey, Rodney Dangerfield, huh? Rodney Dangerfield. And he starts doing Rodney Dangerfield jokes no. like for, for 10 minutes. He right. really Just, wanted you to say Rodney Dangerfield owned this place. It sounds I guess. Like. I don't know. So but he, he was didn't like, go into his material, but he's like, oh, I'll eat to see it. He was like, he was like, my wife, my wife had an orgasm. I knew because I walked in right in the middle of it, you know, like mm. that kind of. Right. So he's doing his run and, and like, I'm trying to be polite and go like, ha 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 Sure. Sure. Yeah, I've heard that then, before. so he's playing country music the whole time. He definitely sounds like a guy from like Brooklyn or something. He's playing country music the whole time. And he goes, hey, listen to that. Guy has a great song and he never curses once. <laughs> Nobody's going for humps or bumps. Like he's, <laughs> for humps or bumps. he's basically saying, I hate black people. Yeah. Or at least Rex in effect. But I just thought that was so funny that he was being blatantly racist right. as we were driving along. So I just did not respond well also it's i don't know whatever wait when a people second are, like though. offended by bad words but you could say horrible sexist jokes like right it's weird right. like where are your lines right i i think they're racial sure <laughs> you, <know? laughs> right. you ask a question you get an answer right like i said these black people with the black music i don't care for it you that know? was the impression you got though because what if we give this guy the benefit of the doubt go ahead joe and he was saying like it's just about the dirt. It's just about the dirtiness, the obscenity. Absolutely not. He just told an orgasm joke. Right. But I mean, as far as in like in music, like maybe he likes Charlie pride or something. It's a black country singer. You didn't get that. He hated black people mm. and he was very open about it. Yeah. It's a bummer. Which to me in this Sucks. day and age seems completely insane. Well, it's, gave- it's the worst one. They want you to, like, like, be, like be along yes. like yeah. the same. So I know what's up with those beats, you know, all the loud the boom, 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 boom. You know, all you need is like also a music originated by black people, but that's a do you give him uh four stars? Oh, I always give at least four. Always. No, I gave him one and I wrote racist. <laughs> In blood. <laughs> On the backseat. So go ahead, Amber. One star review. And it was not my own blood, by the way. Oh, I shit. I carried around test tubes full of blood. Oh, yeah. Just to graffiti with. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Graffiti. Uh, I don't want to be traced, you know? DNA. Yeah. They'll yep. get you. <laughs> Sean. No, Please. it feels so no, good. No, 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 no. A new long shot tradition. This is so stupid. Because your it's arms. not even like anybody's going to know what's going on. Nobody can even they see. Can well, see I'm it. about to tell them what's happening. <laughs> this was originated by Amber Kenny, one of the co-hosts of a long shot. You may shot. have heard of her. 
She extended her arms in the classic I am an airplane pose. No, that is not true. Yes, it's like I'm no, an airplane. No, that is not true. That, that wasn't the motivation. She extended her arms starting with her hands together to indicate that there was silence spreading <laughs> oh, across the table. I see, I see. But then it ends up like the fucking in a full arm extension mm. I am an airplane pose. I thought we had already had our worst show ever. This might be it. And then I followed suit and Jamie followed suit. So. I don't know why this only is so funny. Sean has not. Anyway. Nor will I. Uh, but It I, looks really funny. I know I talk about how much I yes, like Better hilarious. Call Saul all the time. Yeah. But I really like, I've discovered this about me recently. I've always done this, but I've realized that's it a quality I have. I love special features on DVDs or um, director's commentaries. And I fucking love the better call Saul insider podcast because it'll, they'll interview the costume designer. They'll interview the lighting designer, the director sound, all the stuff and how it's all grip. (laughs) Yes. How it's all there telling the story. Like there's levels to the TV show that you don't even get consciously mm-hmm. like there, the story is being told in the wardrobe choices right and that shit is so fucking fascinating to me and also listening to the podcast it's so great how many people they interview who are like this is the editor they started out as a assistant PA. editor no as like the the pa of post pa and it's just like <laughs> i feel like i should have done that like Did, I should have just started as like a lowly nothing and worked hard and worked my way up. I feel like I fucked up. Wasn't the series? I agree. You fucked up. Wasn't the series finale so good? Written by the the writer on the staff apparently was their first script. Their, yes. You know, like yes, their yes, first yes. official yeah. WGA mm-hmm. written script. But I, what? So wait, were they a writer's assistant or were they? Yes. Right. But like it, it feels very good way to get the into American the business, dream folks. though. Like they seem to really right. like promote from within, and they right. reward hard work and to get um, a job on that show. I know. Well, it's easier to do that also when though, you're a when graduate you a, from no, no, no. But when you have a show on the air for six years right. and then another show on the air for two years, right? So you have a big. Body so there's of like yeah, people. you have, and I'm sure there's a ton of momentum. people who didn't work out and didn't get promoted. those are people you don't hear about, and also people who left and went to do other things, right? You know, but um. Just them talking about the costume design was so fascinating. I don't know. Just all of that. Because there's well, so much the costume work. design on that show is such an essential element of his character. Right. Because he starts as Slip and Jimmy and right. then he's this lawyer and then he's this other lawyer. Right. So. But also um, that it's sort of period because it's in the late 90s, I think. So, but it isn't long enough. Long away ago enough to be like long away ago enough. (laughs) No, I couldn't get out of that sentence for the life of me. Um, So it's not just like corsets and oh, we get that it's period, but like they do so much fucking research for shit that a lot of people don't even notice, but it does make it a richer show. And I feel like that would be fun too. Well, also even the credits for that show make me laugh every fucking time Uh because they cut off. Because they cut off one beat too soon. Mm-hmm. And, and it just gets me every yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. And it's different. Every credit sequence uh-huh. is different, but it's always like shitty mm-hmm. video editing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It's really funny. And it's just really beautiful locations. And when they use 
actual locations and when they build something to look like a real place and like why they did those different things. Right. I find it fascinating. Yeah. Cause it's uh, every department is working together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when it's a show of a certain quality, like they all, like they all want to feel like they're contributing, they're no bringing their best. To no, the table. yeah. No one's doing the bare minimum. No one's right. doing like, yeah, this should like be autopilot. fine. Like it's like very intentional, right. which and is a lot of shows and TV, a lot of jobs lot and of people jobs. and things right. Right. all the time. So there's something inspiring of just everyone working their dicks off. And being excited off. about it. They get yes. to create their own world. And there, there's universe. women that work there too. Let's not be sexist. And they are all, it's almost annoying off. how much they are complimentary to each other, but I also believe it. Yeah. Like they're all amazed by the quality of work of right. their coworkers. Right. It's beautiful. When you work with good people, it makes you work better. Right. <clears throat> it reminds me of this uh, podcast. <laughs> 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 and all airplane of us arms. <laughs> airplane arms but why are you saying you should have done that instead because i have 10 years under my belt yeah. of experience that does me no good and gets me nowhere and no, my resume looks not true stupid i i right i mean you've done a lot of good stuff and no 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 yes yeah. but i mean like my but i, I do know what you're talking about because like i find myself constantly comparing like you know, where I am in my career now versus where other people are in their careers or where I was in my career versus where other people were. Like I was just saying, I watched most of Magnolia last night. Right. Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson. That was his third feature film that he directed. And he directed that when he was 29. That's crazy. Oh, that he directed insane. Boogie Nights when he was 27. He directed Hard Eight when he was 26. Like, and that was because he didn't really worry about college or anything. Right. I mean, he, he went to, he went to Emerson for one year where one of his teachers was, uh, what's his name? The, the fucking brilliant guy who wrote infinite jest, David Foster Wallace was his English teacher. Jesus. And then he left and he left school and then he went to NYU. And I don't, I was reading this on IMDB last night and I don't know how apocryphal this story is. What they said was he went to NYU film school. And he, like the first or second day, he handed in David Mamet's work as his own work and he got it back with a C on it and he dropped out of there too and just started doing his own thing. That is hilarious. But then I also feel like there's, there's, you know, circumstances like totally he grew up in the Valley and all his films are so influenced by living in California. I mean, he was apparently obsessed with porn because his father had a, had a v, uh, VCR, was the first guy on the block to have a VCR. His, his father was in showbiz. And his father too. was in showbiz. That's that another thing. Helps. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, we're, talking, it, about, we're talking about Prince. <clears throat> Prince's father was a, a jazz music, musician. Yeah. Musician. Uh, real quick, it, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's father was, I don't know his name, but he, he worked. Ernie. Ernie. Ernie he Anderson. Often worked as, I believe he was like the voice of ABC for decades he was like the official announcer oh really of the network well he hosted uh, some he weird horror man. movie show yeah, as cleveland goulardi goulardi right yeah yeah uh but it's just anyway i was looking at it last night and i was like okay when he was 25 he was writing hard eight and getting ready to direct that when i was 25 i was still teaching junior high school and still of the mindset that uh, maybe i should do comedy i don't know right. I, you know i'm thinking about it you know so <laughs> it's like a weird you know, right. Well, also I, I kick myself and I, <clears throat> I'm trying not to, because it doesn't do any By the way, good. congratulations. That's an amazing feat of. <laughs> it's agility. not that hard. It's not that hard. 
doing it right now. But um, <laughs> she's doing it right now. <laughs> but uh, that. It- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shot the uh, air balloon arms, but too fast. Oh, um, that was really exciting. <laughs> I have like adrenaline pumping. <laughs> oh, a combi of like choices I made or attitudes I had that I'm like really wish I didn't have that in college. I studied theater, but I had access to all of these amazing lighting designer professors, costume designer professors, uh, set design, like all this, like I could have learned a lot. And I was like, "Uh, I'm an actor. Like I was so singularly focused, but in ways that hurt me. Right. Because I don't have a lot. Like I wish that I could just build my own set right now and Mm -hmm. sew my own costumes. And the fact that I was like, I'm not going to be a PA. Like I was short sighted in this fact that it's like, you don't stay a PA forever. Right. And it's a great way to get in and get people right. to know oh. you and know that you'll do anything and you're right. a hard worker right, and you're right, a good right. person. You're easy to be around, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <sighs> well, what, what's, um, what's her name doing? She's just hanging out. Simpsons. <laughs> why I'm she, uh, she's Jane. A, she's a writer, but when she started what? what was the type, when we started this podcast, Jane was just a writer's assistant. Mm hmm. For the Simpsons, right? She was yeah, a but PA that was also first. kind of a hard gig to get in itself. Wasn't she a PA before that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also you're still so young. Start now. Mm-hmm. Start now. Well, yeah. quit the bank. Quit I just bank. don't know what though. You just pick somebody to do it. Yeah. Uh, but it is, and and mm. part of it is that you just <laughs> you just have to realize that all of it is. You just have to realize that all of it is grist for the mill. You know, right. You're 43. I mean, I didn't get my I didn't get my job on Mr. Pickles till I was 45. Right. You know. I'm not 43. No, I'm talking about Joe. <laughs> no, Joe just said he was I'm 43. I'm saying 43, but I'm kind of holding out. I realized recently that I am almost. I think I'm the same age when I met Ed, that Eddie was when I met Eddie. And, and he seemed very old to you. He seemed old and. Like, but he's he the same age as Prince. Like nothing was gonna Those, happen. Like, there's, <laughs> oh, they had. Yeah, he's a lived a hard life. But right. here's here's the other part of that. And now look at Eddie, and so that gives me hope that like, eh, maybe in a couple of years. But here's the other part of that is that jumpstart. You know, I look at you know, for example, this kid I had working on Gentlemen Lobsters, who literally graduated from college. Uh, it was an Ivy League school called Harvard. Graduated from college and a week later started his work as a writer in a writer's room. Right. There was on no- a sitcom. Right. Right. So he'll be he'll be running his own show by the time he's 30. He's fucking really smart, really great. I loved working with him. I really liked the guy, even though I totally resented him before I met him <laughs> because he had everything handed to him right away. Right. But then I think about the fact that yeah, I didn't get my job on Mr. Pickles till I was 45, but I had so many fucking amazing experiences before that, that weren't involving writing for television, you know, which is a really fun thing to do, but I got to do so many other things. Mm -hmm. Even the fact that I, you know, I look back and I say, if I had not been a junior high school teacher, like I'm six years behind where I should be in a career doing that. That's what I mean. Like if I had not done that, I would be farther along, but why would I not have wanted to do that? You know, it was a great experience and it informed who I am as a person and what I talk about on stage and, and what I have 
performed and it's informed some of the success I've had. You know, I haven't had a lot of success, but (laughs) (laughs) nope. Uh, So what else about jobs? Oh, but also it wasn't just me being a snob. It was also me being scared and also me not even knowing where to start. That was the problem. So I had it was as well. like, it was like all three yeah. of those. Has anyone ever been fired? I got fired from Cinnabon when I was seven, 16. How long you'd been working there? Um, probably three months. And they said it's not working out. They just put up the schedule after the holidays and I was not on it. And maybe you were a seasonal employee. By the way, that's one of the overarching sad things about Better Call Saul is is that, you know, that at the end of his whole journey, he ends up as the manager of a Cinnabon in Omaha. In Omaha. Oh, that's oh, that first what happened in Breaking. No, no, no. That's how they started the season one of Better Call Saul. Like it's grainy, but you could tell it's the future. Wow. (laughs) With the ending, basically. Or in a way. It's it's unclear. Do we know it's the ending? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I forget how they made it clear, but it's clear that that's where he ends. Up. Oh my god! Oh, uh, but so what happened? You got fired because what? You were smoking up on the job. You're eating too many buns. What? <laughs> well, they, they they did say like I was hired like the, like this is seasonal hirings. Okay, the holidays so are coming that's not up. Being fired, but what made it feel like firing was that Flam! season's over. Then no one else was fired, including all my friends were there. The opposite of season. One other three. person was let go, and he'd only been there a couple of weeks. And so I was like, all right. What season were you hired for? Holiday season, or like I, Christmas time. Cinnabon. I think I started in September or October, and then how was that the holiday season? What holiday? They had to train you <laughs> yeah. so that when the when Christmas time rolls around, right? And the mall You're is busy. Yeah, yeah super after busy. Thanksgiving, where right. it's crazy. Madhouse, Northridge <laughs> also, Mall, Halloween. Sure, sure. So, I worked. I worked at a coffee place for seasonal in a mall, and it was seasonal coffee place. Or you were seasonal? it was a coffee place. I was a seasonal employee. And it was a madhouse. What was in the name December. of the place? I don't remember. It, I, I don't remember. It was a coffee. It wasn't. It wasn't like a chain coffee place. But uh, Ma and Pa's coffee. It got so busy. <laughs> this is how bad I was. I'm terrible at retail jobs. It got so busy that I started just putting the cash that the customers were giving to me in my pocket because <laughs> I couldn't. I got like, so busy. I stole money. <laughs> I couldn't get it into and the somehow register. I got fired. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get it into the register fast enough or I just remember putting yeah money in my pocket. I mean, at the end of the, <laughs> I put it in the right. register, but I mean, that was like a, just a stupid thing to do. I wasn't good at it. I got fired from, from a job. Uh, I got hired to co-host a game show on VH1. Oh, you talked with, about that with Mark Marin. Whoa! What a wait a second. A Never crew. mind the Buzzcocks. That correct? Wow! Yeah, that's a long time ago. Yeah, so it was Mark was the host, and then there were two sort of co-hosts that would play with the celebrities that would come on the show. This was based off a British show, correct? And so I was hired to be one of the co-hosts, and we worked on it for you know three weeks. And then we were going to do a test in front of a live audience. And the way it would work was they would play a video and then they would go, what do you think about, you know, Mark would go, what did you think about that? And you'd make some kind of joke about the video. And then the other people would, I don't even remember. Um, It was supposed to be like a game show, but, but entertaining at the same time. And it's so funny because Mark said on this show, I think once, 
he was like, I didn't try to get you fired off that show, which had never occurred to me that he was the one who tried to get me fired. But then when he said that, I was like, I wonder if Mark was the one. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> but he, but it, what, it, what it was was there were, there were several writers for the show and at least two of them were good friends of mine. So I was supposed to write my own jokes and then they would come and give me their jokes. And what I realized in retrospect was this, there has to be a flow to the show. So when, when Mark would come to me and say like, what did you think about that? And I would say like, I think that guy needs to get a new pair of shoes. Funny. Yeah. Or whatever. And, and so that was the joke. But then I felt obligated because the writers were my friends to say all of their jokes jokes as well. Uh, Yeah. And it just slowed everything down. And I just remember Mark once while we were, while we were taping, you know, cause I didn't have all of it memorized. So I'd be like checking cards and he'd be like, got anything else you want to talk about, Sean? Like, (laughs) so then after the first taping, so we taped one episode. And after the first taping, the executive who was running the show for MTV or for uh, VH1, who I had known from another thing I had done before, came to my dressing room and he was like, and, and by the way, I should say that when I was hired for this job, it was the only audition I've ever done where I was like, I fucking blew that audition away. Right. Um, I remember, and I've actually talked about this on Bert Kreischer's podcast because Bert and I auditioned together. And Bert is a hilarious guy, but Bert even said to me, he was like, I don't know. I, I just couldn't keep up with you. You were, you know, the improv stuff was just like Aww. on fire that day. And, um, I, I feel like I sound like Donald Trump now. Like I'm like saying like, uh, this really is not me saying it. <laughs> Other, my, my friends tell me, you know, you were on fire that day, but I, I really, I, the other day. I they really said felt amazing. it. Right. It was a I really audition. felt it. No, and I left and it was like you're... a year later that I saw Bert in a Starbucks out here and he was like, holy shit, dude, you know, <laughs> you booked that thing, right? And then I had to be like, yeah, but I got fired. But anyway, so, but I w- it was me being the same way I am on this show, basically. Just being like, you know. Bullshit. Yeah. That's the wrong tense right. of that verb. Right, <laughs> I've gotten better about that. Jebby. There's been at least three times today where I've bitten my tongue about, say, about correcting people on that. You were humorously jebby. Right. So, but then when I was like just reading jokes and trying to get other people's jokes out, right. That's not, that's not what they hired me for. Right. You know? So this guy comes to my dressing room and he's like, Hey, listen, um, just so you know, this is what we kind of want. We want you to be, we want you to be a fun guy having fun at a party. Um, you know, like a party of five. What? And I and they're I, orphans. Right. I go, I go, I go, Fred, listen, um, first of all, I'm not a fun guy having fun at a party, even when I'm having fun at a party. Like that's just not what I do. <laughs> you, have a, you have a joke about going to parties and silently judging people. Right. I mean, even when people are making airplane arms, I'm not gonna get into that. Uh but I said that and then I said, Yeah, like party five was about orphans who became alcoholics and drug addicts (laughs) and got pregnant. Like it's a terrible, sad show. And he was like, well, just, you know, be fun, be fun. So dinner, dinner for five. Wasn't there a show called there was hosted by John Favreau, but even that was not like Jackson five. (laughs) Yeah, it was just conversation. (laughs) 
But uh, anyway, the next episode, I went in and <laughs> taped it, and I came upstairs afterwards, and there was just nobody around. There was nobody there, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." <laughs> they ditched you. Yeah, I, and I knew what it was Different was like stage. my head was on the chopping block, and they had just like watched the taping and been like. And nobody wanted to be around right. to be like, hey, to, good, good job. Yeah. yeah. So it was just empty hallways. And I found out later that everybody had gone and gotten stoned with Sebastian Bach and all this stuff. Um, so I just went home. And then the next day was a Sunday. Did he have anything to do with that show? Or he was a guest on the show that day. <laughs> got it. Um, so the next day I got a <clears throat> message from my manager, which I think I've talked about this before. My manager, Carrie Hoffman, who, who later told me that I was what everything that was wrong with show business. Um, but Carrie called me and he said, Sean, I have some terrible news. Terrible, terrible news. But I don't want to leave it on your machine. So call me back as soon as you can. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm fired. Like, like what, what, why would he, you know, what did he think I was, he was going to call and tell me? Like, they called and told me that your mother has been in a car accident. Right. Like, Terrible, 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 terrible news. Um, and what was funny about that too, was I was teaching classes at UCB in New York at the time. And I, and it was like the third week of class or whatever. And I had told everybody like, I'm going to be on the show. I'm sorry, you guys, I'm, I have to, you know, say goodbye and whatever. And then like three weeks later, I had to go back and be like, yeah, it didn't really work out. Like, I really thought it was, it was the thing, you but know, the show like, didn't was, work out either. Did it ever get air? Yeah, it aired. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was one season and yeah. it was not good. Right. I saw Mark Marin at fucking Canners last night, by the way. What do you order? Fucking Canners, fucking pastrami on rye. I didn't talk to him. That's a diss. But I saw him over there. Jamie's number one. That's true. I don't need fucking <laughs> Marin. Marin comes to him. The Godfather. But what was funny about working with Marin then was that I just remember we were going up to the studio to do a rehearsal or something. So I'm standing next to Mark by the elevators and all the producers and writers and network people are like right behind us waiting for the elevator. And Mark just turns to me and goes, can you believe we're fucking doing this shit? <laughs> Whereas to me, it was like a big deal yeah. to him. It was like, Oh God. And I, I think it was because he would like was divorcing his second wife at that time. And he right. like needed a lot of money and whatever. But it was just funny. You know what gets me is when I'll read in an interview or something where a writer, like a television writer, they'll be like, yeah, this this is the one that sold. This is the one that struck gold. It was my 14th pilot right. script, you know, right. or like I remember when Louie hit and I read that like he had had like six pilots and you think in this business like the first one, you get the first one, you go, everything's going to change. Right. Then it doesn't. And you get the second one, and you go, oh, great, I got a second shot. That doesn't go third, fourth, like, fifth. What am I doing? Right, third, fourth, fifth, where you just got to be like, okay, well, now I got to protect myself against like thinking this is all bullshit, and I have to, I have to still execute whatever the show is, you know. But I, I can't imagine, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like to be at that level and realize like you're just gonna, you might just have to keep sucking it up in a way where it, yeah, you become a, like numb yeah, to it, I guess, or yeah. desensitized. But, I don't know. But still care. And but still, still care. want it. Well, and it's I like think what ends mixture. up happening yeah. is that then the thing that you, that, that you do put out there that ends up defining you, it, it's become, it's almost like it's become sharpened 
so much because of that experience, because of all the false starts. And then also you probably stop giving a shit about what other people want. Like right. they want uh, zombie pilots this season. Who cares? I'm I doing s- what I want to do. I saw the last show that Louie had before he did the FX show and it was called Lucky Louie. Yeah, I used I to watch that. it. HBO. On HBO. Yeah. And I went to one of the tapings and I remember thinking like, this is funny, but I, I my knee jerk reaction was like, I'm watching a network sitcom like King of Queens or something. But they they have four letter words and they're talking about masturbation. I think that's that was like the premise, right? Right. Yeah. And it just was like, oh, it's funny, but then you see what Louie ended up being and you right. go, Oh, this is this is what the guy had inside him yeah. that he still hadn't gotten to. But I mean I can't imagine that when you've had like six, seven, eight, nine, ten shots or something. Or like A lister, you know, who I'm not saying feel bad for A listers, but when they're like, you know, you go in for twelve auditions and then you don't get the part, right. you know? It's, it's really easy to be like, maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Like, <laughs> right. to keep going is right. crazy. Right. But that's all you got to do. It's like I last man I think I'm just standing. deciding to quit the business. <laughs> I was about to say. What are you going to do? This is our 250 Try second podcast. What, what, what am I going to do? What job would I do instead of doing this? Um, probably professional basketball player. That <laughs> <laughs> pays very well. Yeah. <laughs> the travel is hard. Yeah. But you only work six months out but of the year. But you get to travel. I just saw you like in slow-mo, like dunking and like your hair is flowing in the wind. <laughs> Incredible. We have five people in this room right now. Like this. <gasps> Airplane arms. We could start an independent basketball team. The five of us, we're the starters. Okay. And I think you just have to like uh, get enough signatures and then you can be part of a league. We could kickstart our... Basketball career. That's really the funniest thing ever. Long <laughs> shot, kickstarting a basketball team. <laughs> what do we get for I the money? I have much to provide the team. That'd be kind of no, fun. A podcast, a podcast, uh, like intramural podcast league. Like we should, we should play other podcasts. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. Would we play basketball? Monopoly. Basketball. Soccer. Monopoly. Kickball. Who would we play? Are there any other four, four person podcasts? We'll, no. we'll research that. The only four-person podcast? Why, why is that don't not we our tagline? lead with that? Yeah, why is that not our... Yeah. America's number one four-person <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's true. Is wow. There, there are. There have to be. There are. I can't say. I don't have the research in front of me. Mm-mm. Andrew, research that. Uh, Do you know how many so what else? There are as many grains of sand there are under the ocean. Under the ocean? I don't know. <laughs> I love that song. Technically, the grains of sand are under the ocean. Yeah, there's sand under the ocean. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. And coral and like concrete. Those are all podcasts. Oh, the coral reef. (laughs) By the way, the coral reef are bleached now. They're bleached. It's like my hair. It's all done. Well, that's not a bummer. But the coral reef's dying. That is a bummer. They're like the the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, it's dying. Yeah, it's like white now. It's white. Ninety percent of it. And what was it before? Pink? Pretty colors. Pretty Not that colors. white isn't pretty, but like lots of colors. Because because discolored because of toxic waste? Uh, the, Do you think the, a lot of people come here for water. oceanographic <laughs> scientific news? The water is too I hot. do. Do you guys think that? I do Under think that. the ocean. So folks, here's on what's going on the with ocean. the Great Barrier Reef. It's bleached. <laughs> From three people who kind of know. Yeah. And it's just bad. It's bad right now. <laughs> Climate uh, change. It's not good. 
Not good. Not good. Terrible, terrible news. <laughs> I got terrible, Shark. terrible news. The humps, the bumps. You, <laughs> you are everything that's wrong with this business. Plus. Terrible, terrible news. A trip to Australia just took a hit. Uh, so what else about jobs? Jamie? They are what moves this economy. And Boom. Job if- creator. Jamie, you're kind of a job creator. I am. I mean, World World Wednesday really. is going to need someone to. Yeah, he gives like developing stand-ups. You stand-ups can perform here, and I guess that is that is one of the most rewarding parts of this Make job money. is getting to pay just a little bit of money to an emerging comedian. Thanks for job? paying me for the live show, the you're long welcome. shot live show. We all got money that night. That was really exciting. Yeah, you guys got money, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. A hundred bucks. Three thousand dollars. No, no. Uh, it was less than that, guys. That's the funny joke. What would uh, you be doing if you weren't doing comedy? I wanted to be a music producer. Like that's what I was convinced. You still I was kind do. of do that. Did I ever talk about I had a record label? No. No way. Rocket Ship Records. It was born in Santa Barbara. Me and my friend Eric. And Noah created it. It's an indie hip hop label. Right. And we put out probably six or seven records and. Whoa. Singles, 12 inches, a couple of compilations. We worked with other indie hip hop people. I recorded a couple of tracks I put on them. When I got out of college in 99, I was convinced that this was, this was my life. I was going to be running this label and we were just one hit away. I feel like this was the height of East coast, West coast wars too well the, we were Beefs. just we were very indie hey we're, we're all in the same gang i that's love humanity. that song i love that song it's a great song rap song but <laughs> our biggest hip-hop rap, we put out like the first songs. album like from an, a group called eminon bumps and eminon uh eminon eminon oh my god so close holy shit what eminem oh eminem eminem but the, who Eminem. was fronted by it was a guy named DJ Exile and Aloe Black. And now Aloe Black. Where, whatever happened to DJ Exile? I think he still does his stuff. He has some. He's an ex. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the Great Barrier Reef. I went to Eminon for a while. Because <laughs> <laughs> he used M too often? I was, I was listening to the soundtrack from 8 Mile <laughs> way too, too often. <laughs> it's good to be with a community of people that understand but Hi, Black my name, and is, I was like my a name is Sean. Huge. I'm addicted to Eminem. <laughs> Welcome to Eminem. Oh, this is the Eminem's place? Sorry. <laughs> I read that wrong. Jamie, I'm, I, I want to I, I hear some of this music. This is a lot of great stuff. But um, I remember like I had this, I would call the distributors. And because this was a time, it was like the worst time to be getting into the distribution right, of 12 inch records. And right. Um, but we were convinced Lime that we we're going to make millions of dollars. We made breakbeat albums, right, for DJs to use as with stuff. What? Explain again what a breakbeat <laughs> break album beat, is. Breakbeat, like that. Like so, DJs, mm. and especially scratch DJs, and wicka wicka whack. They would have these records, uh, the the um, pickles, beat pickles. What the fuck are they called? It's such a different time in my life. But um, but there were these albums that would have tons of sound effects. So like you know, if you're a DJ, you would go to these records and have a bunch of places. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Woof, woof. 
Like all of this. Boucet. <laughs> so, but we made one of these called Sucker Breaks of Cheap Shot. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please take this seriously. <laughs> no, that's the Haunted House album that Disney put out. Anyway. Shit, I thought that was somebody coming to tell us to keep it down. I know you're hiding people up there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Rocket Ship Records, look for it. R.I.P., baby. R.I.P. Rocket Ship Records. I think it just, you know. We moved on to other things. My friend Eric started another label. Peter what was down. the logo? A rocket ship blowing up? Whoa. Upon reentry? <laughs> no. It was the Challenger. No, it was, um, that's a good name for a, a game show, though. The Challenger. Um, which is like a robot or a computer designed to stump mm-hmm. you. Right. You're going up against the Challenger. Right. Uh-oh, well, it looks like this kid had a real <laughs> Challenger disaster today. We'll see you next time on the Challenger. <laughs> this kid. <laughs> it's, it's a kid's game it's show. Like a double dare. <laughs> I think that's because I watched Magnolia last night, and they have that game show on there, which oh, is that's right. kids versus grownups. Do you like uh, Tom Cruise's performance? In I do. Movie? I thought it was great. Is really that might be the best acting I've ever seen him do. Right. I think that's who he really is secretly, like the, with the so nice too. guy layer on top. I right. think that's why it's so. You're talking about his, his like cult persona in that movie. Yeah. But I'm talking about when he's there with his father, when his father is dying and stuff. Oh, that's rough. It's like he, he, it, you should watch it again okay. because it's, it's, it's a really layered performance. Yeah, that No, does. but I mean, that's what I mean though. He doesn't have to have the like happy guy mask over, but it's like, right. he's, He's calling his father. What does he call him? I don't, I don't remember. It's like, you fucking cocksucker. But then he's like crying at the right. same time. Yeah. You know? um, there Will Be Blood is my favorite movie ever. One of them. It's a good movie. Punch yeah. Trunk Love is another great. And I thought it was. Boogie Nights, anybody? The one, um, really The Master, good. I liked. I never a lot of people that. didn't like that. I didn't see that one. I it's liked, what was his most recent one? I didn't see the last one, to be honest. What Punch Trunk Club? No, it was like apparently crazy and no one knew what was happening. Oh, it was, uh, what oh, is it called? Vice. Inherent In Vice. Vice. Inherent I like it. Really? It doesn't make any sense necessarily, but don't think about it. Just let it wash over. <clears throat> but here's another thing is that he said, he has said like, I'll probably make a bunch more movies. Some of them might be good. Some of them probably will be bad, but I think Magnolia will be the best movie I've ever made. Really? Wow. Yeah. But also, which I which I really liked Boogie Nights. Like I thought that was a yeah. really really good movie too. I right. think there will be blood's the best. But also Johnny Greenwood, who does the scores for for the last two, he's from Radiohead, but he did the score for There Will Be Blood and The Master, and so good. Yeah, the uh... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta listen to these scores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was an earnest, yeah. Johnny Greenwood, such a good musician. The scores, composer. He was on the first Rocket Ship record. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Jamie would be a record producer. Joe, how about yourself? Uh, I thought, I did think about this recently. 
if I if you did something completely different, a different life, sliding doors. Um, and I think it would be a door manufacturer, a sliding door fabricator. No, I think I would want to be someone who worked in a small town farmer's market. Like That's I would so just, achievable now. I would just want to be pick a farmer's market. I just Show would want to be go down, go down to the farmer's market union hall. Doesn't even have to be a take small a town. I I would just love to be someone who did something <coughs> consistent, like a craft, like something artisanal, like a cheese, like a cheese, craft berries, beer. something in mason jars, jams, like and just <laughs> and and just make that, and like you go to the farmers market every week and sell it and. Then go I, back I to know, a nice Joe Wagner, little... you want some soap? It's artisanal soap. <laughs> I, used, I used to be on a podcast. Very nice fragrance. I used to be on a soap. podcast. I am, in fact, a uh, an online feminist. <laughs> Have some soap. Here's a free um, sample. It's artisanal. Buy some more. So I just... As we age, we all become Brooklynites. Right. I think that's... I've thought about that. Just something. Just something very simple... Oh, I think the other one that I've mentioned on the show too is that I would love to run a small beachside motel. I'm into that. Let's do it. Like, how you doing, folks? Something totally. <laughs> how long relaxing. are you here for? You want the uh, ocean view or parking lot? And the, <laughs> Who uh, says parking lot? Soap in the rooms <laughs> crazy was uh, made by me and made soap. <laughs> and the Our berries. Dizzle? Dizzle? Here's, a, here's a complimentary <laughs> copy of American Girls. <laughs> It's not the dolls. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, I, something, I just, something quiet. Something quiet and with no pressure to be better. Don't, wouldn't that be a dream? Like you can make it as comedy writing, performing, and then six months of the year, move to Santa Fe. Right. Or yeah. wherever it is, and then and do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Are we, let's move to Santa Fe. If this basketball team takes off the way I think it will, I think this, the Kickstarter is for a million bucks. Okay, I have an important question. Folks, tonight it's the Santa Fe Podcasts versus the <laughs> Los Harlem Globetrotters. Um, are we, we get doing, paid to lose. Are we doing short shorts or like baggy 90s shorts and both 70s short shorts? Um, no, Fab Five, baggy long ones. Super long though? Then you trip over them. No, you don't. I think the great thing about the show's name is that it would be so good for a team. Trip on them. So good for our team, the long shot. Oh, right. You know what but I mean? But then it's we're, like we're bombers. and comedy. Well, because we're up, but, and also too on the court, because we all end up being really good basketball players. Yeah, and we take long But we're, we're, we're like three-point experts. <laughs> we take long shots. If you guys could have seen how Amber's hands... Through the ball. It's more of a push. <laughs> a set shot. A two-handed set shot. Yeah. Yeah, set shot. There's some woman in the in the WNBA right now who shoots that way. She shoots, she does like an old-fashioned, I mean, that's how they used to shoot it, just an old-fashioned set shot. What does that not mean? A, not like a jump shot. Under, what does that it mean? It comes from much lower. 
and you're standing. You're not jumping. You're shooting like this. Right. There was a player in the 80s That's and 90s named doing. Michael Thank Adams. Yeah, but I thought, yeah, but <laughs> see, on purpose. Amber's hands went out. I felt like they went out more at the end, like it was jazz, <laughs> like jazz basketball. Well, like Utah, Utah jazz. jazz is very popular. Salt Lake City. Okay. Sean is the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. <laughs> it's the scream, most commonly used scream. Why did why why is it called the Wilhelm scream? It was a guy named Wilhelm. A guy named Wilhelm. Because that's on, on Garage Band. That's the name of one of the screams. Correct. And I had no idea where it came there's from. There's two yeah, there's it, Wilhelm scream is in everything, and then there's also that eagle sound that's in everything. Oh. Right. And also the sound of um um birds. One, one hand clapping. There's there's, no. there's a sound of a bird that um. <laughs> I just go no no. That you hear in everything. It is very difficult. Wait, no, what, what is this, the sound you hear in everything? The sound of like an outdoors and then like a like of a bird. Like it's the garage. A lot of right, the garage right. band things and I'll, because I've, I've listened through them, pro- uh, like I'll notice use, that. Right. I've been uh, used, and but uh, it's surprising right, when it's like in like it's on TV show, and like they're using Garage Band for this TV show. I, right. Liquid Feet. We've we've done like a few dances to, um, oh, like unlicensed or yeah, yeah, music that we can use for, without <coughs> being legally a problem. Right. Somewhere, um, for a website that asked us to, but um, public domain. Yes, public domain songs. And it's been really funny because I'll hear them in commercials and I'm like, you mother trucker, that's dance dance party time. Saves a lot of money. Yeah. You don't want to pay those licensing fees. We should end this episode with dance dance party time. I would be a yoga teacher. That's oh, I, I feel like that. you could do that. I know, but I feel like it's just as difficult as being an actor in Los Angeles. Like it, everyone's a oh, fucking right. yoga I see what teacher. You're saying. Yeah, yeah. According to these, it takes apps, a while to to you, get. And you gotta there. like hustle, and I'd rather use that energy for comedy. Right. But I I could do that. My sister in law is a yoga teacher, and I was just talking to her about it the other day, and she's like, "I think it's the best thing I've ever done." Uh, because she just is so fulfilled by it right. and so like centered and well, spiritually fulfilled. And I and, get like pretty fucked up spiritually, physically, mentally when I'm not. Oh, stop no, it. when I'm not active mm-hmm. and that would be a nice. But there's yeah. a creativity to it. I bet you could. There's a, 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 a hole for uh Com- com- comedy. A hole for every peg, folks. Okay. No, but, but I bet hole. there's like, if you could sell like, this is like, it's really funny. Comedy and yoga? We did would, a comedy meditation I, thing I here. I would not want to do comedy yoga. We didn't Absolutely. talk about that. In this room, after our last Sunday recording session, there was a, a meditation for comedians thing. How's that going? We've done it twice. And it's great. It's just been like 10 comics. I was there. I know. And Amber showed up. Light. Do people have a, what do you call it when you like, ohm like a mantra. shock mantra? I was going to say No, it's just silent meditation, but Laura my mantra would just be trying out my jokes, you know? <laughs> book me, book me. <laughs> um, That's funnier than It was good. <laughs> <laughs> I miss what you said. Amber working the room. Book me, book me, book me. So go ahead, Jamie. What are you saying? Laura House, who's a comedy writer and performer, 
is very into meditation. Do you guys know her? Yes. I've known Laura a long time. But it's the whole point is like we're comedians, but this is so we can talk about meditation. It's not going to be too, there's no. Uh, right. It's not like for somebody that would buy crystals or something. Like that. Gulp. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's great. And we just do it. And there's no feeling of judgment. And um, I think it was very, it's very good. Both times I've left being like, all right, I feel great. And everyone else does too. Mm-hmm. But I think there's there's a market for people that want to do yoga and meditate. <laughs> but without don't, feeling like they're... Yeah, without all the weirdness. Right. And even a yoga teacher that like, we can laugh during this. There's laughing yoga, actually. Oh, there is? There is. Yeah. I've done it. I've then done there is a all. market. I'm starting to sweat a lot right now. No, what time is it? I feel like we should wrap this up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting. I'm starting to get like this is the most nervous sweats. meandering episode <laughs> right, we've ever I, done. I, I, like a topic. No, we never had a topic. I think no, it's good, and I'm I'm starting to feel. I think weird. it's good. <laughs> we did have a topic, jobs, and we we, we should do more sound effects. Like I'm I'm starting to get that falling feeling <laughs> where I'm falling. <laughs> I'm dizzy. <laughs> Whoa, that's you. Whoa, I thought you opened an app or something. That's impressive, Sean. <laughs> I thought you opened that dolphin sound app. <laughs> dolphin soundboard. Oh, I want to say something. No more apps. <laughs> There's enough apps. Grandpa Joe, sit down. No more <laughs> apps. We were just going to get another order of buffalo wings. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, more sound effects. <laughs> There's a guy in a tree listening to this right now. (laughs) There's someone putting out a fire listening to this right now. We're endangering his life. Believe me, by now he took his headphones off and threw his, yeah. threw his uh, I was going to say his Walkman, threw his, whatever his electronic devices through which he listens then, to these out of the tree. And then himself, ah! <laughs> uh, Folks, this has been another episode of the Longshot Podcast. Thanks for hanging in if you're still listening. If not, we'll see you next time on the Longshot. Bye, we love you. Be good. We love you. For past and future episodes of The Long Shot Podcast, join us online at thelongshotpodcast.com.